This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Welcome to TMZ Live, Harvey Levin here. Carl's here. So uh, you have probably heard about this unbelievable uh, murder trial that's going on in Miami with an OnlyFans model by the name of Courtney Clenny, who killed her boyfriend. She stabbed him. Uh, she claims self-defense. Prosecution says cold-blooded murder. Um, well, guess what? Her parents have now been arrested. Yeah, because they've gotten involved in this case. According to prosecutors, they may have tampered with evidence, and that evidence is a computer, a laptop, that belonged to Christian Abumseli, the boyfriend who was murdered, uh, was killed, uh, prosecutors say murdered, but this uh, laptop was taken from the apartment where Courtney and Christian lived, uh, taken by Courtney's father. We should explain, there is a backdrop that you really need to understand to appreciate this. Um, this was a volatile, even violent relationship that Courtney had with Christian Abumseli. Um, and she was extremely aggressive during this relationship. We have tons of video. We're, we're doing a documentary on it a week from Monday um, on the network, on, on Fox. And she was very aggressive. Um, and the, uh, the parents were saying, and they told us on camera, they'd never spoken before. They're telling us that she was actually in a death struggle, that it was either going to be him or her, right. and so they were which involved with her defense, which, oh, which is going to be that the killing was done in self-defense. So what's on that computer could be really important, you right. would think, right? right. That, that and, somehow, according to the prosecutors at least, that, sh that Courtney knew something about that computer and wanted her family, her mom and dad, right. to gain access to it. And had actually given... Uh, her parents a list of possible passwords, which through, according to prosecutors, through trial and error, they eventually did find the password to get into the laptop. Now, the father, uh, her father, Kim Clenny, says that there was nothing on there and that they didn't, um, and that all he found was a uh, cryptocurrency, a balance sheet for some cryptocurrency that Christian had. Which we should say is weird that, that's that the somebody only has a laptop, on a laptop and that's the only thing on but his laptop. But that's what he says, and then he turned it over to- His lawyer. To his lawyer, to Courtney's lawyer. Yeah, and, and here's what's important. They, they've been charged with accessing or excessive access of the computer, but they haven't been charged yet with uh, tampering with evidence. So it's not clear that the investigation has yielded uh, evidence that they actually tampered with, deleted things on the computer. All they have them on so far are charges that they accessed the computer. They got the password and they went in there and they poked around. Well, this is serious enough that they've now charged both the mother and the father with a felony and they're trying to extradite them now. They live they in were, Austin. Yeah, they're arrested And they're going to try to extradite them uh, to Miami. There's actually a hearing on this today where they're going to zoom in, but they are trying to extradite them. Now, um, as part of the documentary, we did uh, an interview. They, the parents have never spoken before. Uh, Kim and, and Deborah, Deborah uh, Clenny have not spoken before. 
They spoke with us, and we're going to give you a little preview because what you're about to hear seems to align with what's going on with them and the prosecutors. I believe it's the other side, which I think is all one group and working in concert with each other. Um, they will do and say anything to win this case. Every word we say to each other is being recorded, and the, um, the prosecution uh, plays dirty, and I think they would um, use anything we say to each other. I mean, they, they, I mean, they tried to act like I was manipulating her by texting her to say, even though it was self-defense. Um, so I, I think they would use anything against her that they possibly could. It's interesting to hear her reference the text messages exactly. because we know from the documents that the prosecutors um, did see, what, 4,200 4, text messages. So they were monitoring all of these discussions. So it appears what the prosecution is saying is they saw a text chain where they were talking about, about passwords and how to get into the laptop and all of this kind of played out on I will text. say, it is still very strange to me that that laptop was still in the apartment for her father to even get to it. Weird. Like, totally. Why, why did the police take that out it? as evidence? I mean, that would be critical evidence. The, the, the weird twist here is that uh, if they are extradited, Kim and Deborah Clenny yeah. could end up in the very same jail where Courtney is sitting as she awaits trial. Um, not exactly the family reunion they are, were hoping for. And we talked about that, by the way, in this documentary that you're going to see. And they talk about we want to see her and, and, and all of that. You're right. This is the supreme irony. Hi, guys. Hi, Har oh, Harvey. Hi, Charles. I'm Marcus from Las Vegas. And I'd like to comment on the Kim and Deborah Clinney. I ain't buying it, not for one second. 4,200 texts. And you take a computer from a murder scene and then say, I didn't open any file. I didn't delete anything. I'm not buying it. That kind of reminds me of like Bill Clinton saying that he smoked weed, but he didn't inhale. Just not buying it. I call BS. Yeah, I mean, prosecutors feel exactly the way you do. Um, we will see. They're, seems... in court. They're in court today. Yeah. Okay, we're going to move on. Yes, I was shocked at this. A very bizarre scene. In Malibu, uh, at Nobu, you know, which is sort of like McDonald's for the Kardashian family. Uh, it, it actually is. And Kim Kardashian went to dinner at Nobu, not shocking. She went with her daughter, North. Here is the shocking part. Kanye was there, too. Yes, Kim and Kanye were, they broke bread. Um, now, this is clearly. How did, they How did he break bread? I, I don't know. I don't know that he actually, they may have broken bread. I don't know that he ate any of that mask on. Um, but they were inside at the restaurant, inside the restaurant together for about an is hour like and a half. Is there like one of those barn doors that he can open <laughs> no, up when he eats? <laughs> is there possibly? Yeah, um, so, I mean, like yeah. you guys are saying, this is definitely shocking considering lately they've been very frosty and we just know that they, they don't get along in general ever since they divorced. Uh, we should note that Kim arrived with North and a bunch of her little friends and it, they seem to have arrived and left separately, meaning that they staggered their entrances and their exits. So Kim and the kids go in first, Kanye arrives afterward and joins them. No sign of Bianca. And then when they left, I think it was Kanye who left first, and then Kim and the kids left afterward. And you see the kids there wearing these Vultures t-shirts. We don't know if the kids went that in there. That part is interesting. We don't know if the kids went in there wearing the t-shirts or if Kanye just showed up with a bunch of t-shirts in hand and said, hey kids, where are my Vultures t-shirts? And they just walked out wearing them. 
In any case, the reason why this is sort of eye-opening is because this this album is controversial. There's anti-Semitic content on this album in at least one of the songs that we've heard. Um, and the fact that, you know, North and the kids are proudly rock, ro rocking the shirts yeah. is a little jarring, at least. You know what I mean? And, like, look, this is not a knock on Kim. I don't know if she was blindsided by this. We know North loves her dad and is rebellious, and Kim has very publicly spoken about the fact that it's hard for her to control North sometimes. So who knows? I'm, I'm not, I'm not, this is not an indictment on Kim Kardashian by any means, but it is, it is interesting. The other part of it, uh, Fabian, that's interesting is that North would want to wear, North has a song, as far as what we've heard, she has a song that is on the album. So she wants to pump the album, and I'm sure her friends are excited to hear North's song on an, on an album, right? So yeah. that's why the kids would be, the kids are not thinking about the anti-Semitic Of course, no, and that's, of course. Why right, like, of course. that's why I feel like, that's why I feel like Kim is sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place here she because, is. you know, Kim, she, she, North, she wants to appease North and make her daughter happy, and she does want to, you know, have Kanye have a relationship with her, obviously. That's another reason why I think maybe this came together the way it did. Um, look, over the past few days, Kanye has been ranting and raving, even with us, to Mel, he was ranting and raving about my kids, and where were you guys when I was getting my kids taken away from me, and all this nonsense. He's been very publicly saying that, so maybe this is Kim saying, okay, I'm hearing all this, let me try to tamper this down and show them getting together with his daughter so it looks like I'm actually not keeping North from her dad. That's kind of what I suspect is maybe going on here, but who knows? I, I, I mean, we've now done a second story in the same segment where, by the way, we have a documentary coming up on Monday with Kanye. Uh, Kanye, yes. <laughs> so it's going to be on Monday night at 9, nine o'clock on Central. Fox, and it's called Kanye West, Unhinged but Unstoppable. And we have lots of people on this, including Bill Maher, The Game, all sorts of people. It's really interesting documentary. Hey, it's Elisa Word in Atlanta, the EQ Queen. Listen, this is the thing that I feel about this whole situation. Kim, like you said, she's in a, between a rock and a hard place. She's got to have some emotional awareness as it relates to her children. Divorce is a big thing. It's huge. It can be traumatic for kids. And they've got to be able to come together collectively. But unfortunately, these two don't always think alike. But at the same time, they have to be in one place together. And that place is in a place where they can show love to their children. And unfortunately, sometimes there are going to be some things that are going to happen that we don't understand, that we don't know about. But as long as they keep putting the kids in the forefront, and as far as what's actually on there, if it's anti-Semitic or not, I don't really know what that's really about in that situation. But I will say this much. Kids, to your point, they don't know about this stuff, but it is the adult's responsibility to know and to make sure that they have these children doing the right thing at all times. Situational awareness, emotional awareness, it's key in co-parenting. The only thing I would say to that is that there are reasons that some kids become racist and it's because they mimic their parents. And it's the same thing with anti-Semitism, that if a parent is being mm -hmm. anti-Semitic, you got to deal with it because if you don't, and the kids are raised what that way, what we don't know is how much North is exposed. That's right. to it, but and how aware she is seems of what her father has been saying. She's she, she it, spent a lot of time with him. Yeah. She's spent a lot of time with him, and and she's been at album uh, at album previews where he performed the song. And she hasn't been shielded because I don't think you can shield her, yeah. you know, from social media, from her friends, and everything else. Okay, we're taking a break. All right, when we come back, Justin Timberlake's big tease about new music with uh, NSYNC. Here's the, what we found out. It is happening, but it is not what you think. Uh, Justin may have gotten busted playing uh, cute with language here, but we'll tell you what's going down with his old bandmates when we come back.
Justin Timberlake got uh, NSYNC fans really excited with something he said to Kelly Clarkson about the band getting back together and making new music. You know that they did a song for the Trolls uh, movie that came out last fall, but what he was talking the about way, is something the beyond that. And the Trolls song did better than Justin's single so far. His, his current single, Selfish, um, which maybe explains why he said what he said and how he said it. Here's what he said to Kelly Clarkson, then we will tell you what's really going on with a NSYNC reunion. I just became like a studio rat. Like I just loved being in there and I loved the, the creative process. And, and, you know, and, and also as it pertains to harmonies, um, I spent some time with four other guys doing a lot of harmonies. Who, who are you speaking of? <laughs> but um, yeah, we, we, we've been in the studio, so there may be a little Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Okay. Yeah. Even the way he smiled is sort of like he knew, he was like, mm, maybe I shouldn't have put it that way. So you heard all the excitement, and if you saw that, you would think what he just said is, hey, they recorded new music together. So is this going to be a new sync song? So is this an album? Is it a, so a, a single? What is it? I, I'm, I'm a little confused. Well, you guys, it's a lot less neither. than that. <laughs> So you know how they did the reunion song with Trolls was a really big deal about them all coming back together for the song. Well, during that time that they were in the recording studio doing that song, Justin kind of said like, hey guys, why don't you guys do some backup vocals for another song that's gonna be on my album? So they did, and that's what it is. It's simply backup vocals, which breaks my heart. I mean, quit I, playing games tell with you, our what's, heart. What's the difference between right. backup vocals exactly. and oh, insane. If you no, have all, no, if you have no. all five of them, thing. if you have all you five of them harmonizing, it's the same thing. Um, the only okay, thing that's missing all, is that JC is not going to be singing yes, a there lead was, part. Fair. There was two right. main vocalists, and in sync, it was JC and Justin. They would always be the main guys, and the other guys would do the backup vocals. But right. the thing is, is this song specifically is Justin Timberlake featuring in sync. Like it's not even like. In sync new song. You know it is, is just can, can, him can with I, the band. I, I'm sorry for going back in the day, but the Supremes used to be called the Supremes, and then they were called Diana, Diana Ross and the Supremes, and, and they still did the same thing. Justin Timberlake and In Sync. It's the same. Saying. It's the same principle. I don't think the guy, the rest of the guys, would agree with that principle. But I you know what you see what I mean. But I, I don't think that would land well on them. Justin Timberlake is not hitting the way he used to hit, yeah. and it's no shade. It's just life, and he's not you know, scoring number ones like he did before. Right. And maybe so, he's going to start seeing this as more and more attractive. Maybe. Maybe. Hey, guys. It's Ben from Dallas. Just wanted to share my opinion on this. I, I'm bummed out, personally. As a kid that grew up in the 90s, I, I really, you know, I kind of wanted Instinct to, to roll the route of the Backstreet Boys, stay together, go on tour, um, you know, maybe release a couple more records, but it's it's a shame that they're they're not even producing music anymore. Um, Justin needs to stop being selfish. Ah, uh, see what Ben did there. I saw. Huh. Okay. Hey ben, actually, I'm curious. Uh, you're you're very much into in sync. How do you feel about Justin's solo material? I I like the first album. Uh, the first album was good, but I think he's gone. I'm gonna sound like a hipster here, but I think he's gone mainstream. Uh, he was always very mainstream. Yeah, he always been he was always very mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, whatever. whatever. Okay, all right, we're gonna move on. Yes, <laughs> moving on now to uh, Kim Zolciak 
and another visit with the police. Now, this one is a little different. Uh, uh, well, here's how it's different. Uh, <laughs> I mean, my, why is my, this night different from all the My other? Hebrew friend, here's how it's different. <laughs> uh, because instead of the police going to Kim and Croy's home, uh, Kim went to the police station to report Croy for, <laughs> as she puts it, stealing some of her jewelry. Robbing her. Yes. Um, and she's very upset about it, so she went down uh, to file a police report. Well, didn't she call first and they said, we're not coming? I think they said that because they've been to a house so much. Right. It's like you like, again. Is anyone, in, is anyone in jeopardy? Everybody safe? We're not coming. Right. Never mind. Um, so this is her visit to the police and explaining why she feels that Croy did her dirty. Stolen for jewelry and purses. All the jewelry was mine before I ever met him. All the jewelry that he sold. I knew that the purses were stolen in May. Mm -hmm. You guys came to the house. All my jewelry. I mean, I'm 30, 45 years old. Mm -hmm. like, from, I'm talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Um, and I could not get in the safe until last month. I just tried the key thing one day and it worked and everything is gone. My attorney um, said that I need to file a police report because the stuff is stolen. We don't debate and separate property because that's, that's not our jurisdiction to do so. Until that divorce is finalized, there's no technical crime that's com being committed right now. Um, so when that divorce gets finalized, then it'll become theft from there on out. Croy's attorney uh, reached out to us after we put up this story and said the allegations that Kim is making to the police are simply not true. Um, but you have to wonder. What, I mean, what, 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 what does he mean? Not true. Not true that not he true took that the he, stuff. Not or? true. Right. Not true that he took her items and then went and sold some of them online. But, but did he take did he the take items and put to, them in storage to keep them so she didn't sell them? That that's where it's unclear. The response was literally just not true. So until the divorce um, goes down. It's not a criminal matter. And the other thing is, is that if she's gambling all this away and they're fighting for their Which financial lives, right. maybe he did take it so that she didn't hawk it to gamble. Right. I mean, you know, you would understand why he did it. Um, but, you know, these guys, <laughs> how many times the poor police, oh, I really God. feel for the police down there. Hey, this is Ty from New Jersey. I'm calling about this Kim Zosiak story. It's going to be messy, and I, I think it's going to even get messier. A lot of times when people get divorced, it's always he says, she says stuff. You know, one person is lying about the other. The other person is lying about about the other person. It's just it's just going to get messy, and I just hope that, you know, it never gets like a domestic or anything crazy. Yeah. Okay, we got to take a break. All right, when we come back, the ultimate clash of personalities. Taylor Swift and her fans against Donald Trump and his supporters. Sounds weird to say fans. Uh, yes, Donald Trump says he's ready to go to war with Taylor Swift if she decides to endorse President Biden. Is this a wrong move for Trump or exactly the right move heading into the election? We're gonna talk to uh, Alex Michelson, someone who's been all over this campaign. He'll be with us when we come back. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10-9 Central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Well, how 
how's this for a, uh, a clash leading up to the election? Before you get to Trump versus Biden, how about Trump versus Swift? Uh, there are people in- That is more perilous for him than Trump versus Biden. Yes, <laughs> I, I would think so. I would think so. Uh, but there are people in Donald Trump's camp who have used the phrase, holy war. Oh my God. Saying that they are, according to Rolling Stone, uh, they've talked to some people in Trump's camp who said that they are ready to go to holy war against Taylor Swift if, as we've heard, the, we've heard that the Biden administration desperately wants an endorsement from Taylor Swift. They got one from her last time. Right. So it seems likely it'll happen, and, though it hasn't happened yet. And there's a recent poll that came out that said 18% of voters are more likely to vote for a candidate she endorses, but 17% are less likely to vote for the candidate she endorses. So it would seem that it's a wash in that respect, but if Trump does this, that's a wild card. I, I gotta tell you, is, is he barking up a, a tree he should not in going to holy war with Taylor Swift, uh, because we've seen the power of the Swifties um, all last year and into this year. The NFL will tell you all about it. Uh, joining us to talk about this, uh, this battle, this, which is now a new political battle, is Alex Michelson uh, from here in Fox 11 in LA, but he has a, a political show called The Issue. Uh, the Issue Is. The Issue Is, and he is joining us. He's been all over the campaign so far, so I'm sure, Alex, you are licking your chops at this, <laughs> sinking your teeth into this battle. You can get into the Taylor Swift story too, Alex. <laughs> I love it. The, the issue is don't mess with the Swifties. I mean, you think about uh, the cultural relevance of Taylor Swift, uh, the most popular person in the entire country, uh, the biggest concerts, the time person of the year, the biggest concert movie. The only thing more popular than Taylor Swift in America right now is the NFL. 93 out of the 100 top-rated broadcasts in the country were NFL football games. This year, you combine them both at the Super Bowl, <laughs> the biggest cultural event in the country. Why would you mess with that? Why would you want to be on the wrong side of the one event that actually brings the country together uh, right now? And you think about it as well, that this election could come down to suburban women, most of whom have mm -hmm. daughters. And they're already a little concerned about the abortion issue, which could make the difference in this election. Uh, and if they don't love Taylor Swift already, their daughters certainly do. Uh, so the idea of poking that bear doesn't make a lot of political sense. I want to disagree a little bit that this is about the moms, the suburban moms. There are a lot of people who are of voting age who are huge Taylor Swift fans. And to me, what this is about is, look, if 18% if are more likely to vote because of what Taylor says and 17 or less, that's not gonna make that much of a difference. But if you animate those 18% where Trump goes after Taylor and they want to avenge that, they'll go to the polls. And you know there are gonna be some key battleground states, Pennsylvania particularly, which is her home state. And mm -hmm. if you animate those Taylor Swift fans that are 18 to 30, that's going to be a huge problem for Donald Trump, I think. Well, and Biden's biggest weakness right now is among young voters. They have left him in the biggest numbers. Some of what's happened with the Israel-Gaza situation has not played out well uh, for Biden among young voters. And so this could be a way to help animate those people, which is why they want the endorsement so badly. When you've got the oldest president in history running... <laughs> 
it's not so easy to talk to young people. They're trying to send Kamala Harris out to college campuses, and she is more popular with young people than she is with some older people, but nobody is more popular with young people than Taylor Swift. And it's also possible, by the way, that this helps both of them, that Trump, who so understands that so much of his appeal is going against the elites and basically giving a middle finger to a lot of pop culture, that this helps him with his people and gets them out. And on the other side, it helps Joe Biden with his people as well. This election is going to be all about turnout. And clearly, this issue uh, is so animating that you're talking about it on TMZ Live. Uh, and this gets to people that may not be political wizards thinking about this all the time. But this is sort of a gut thing that reaches a big chunk of the country. Well, I would think I'm more surprised if you would talk about Taylor Swift on your political show, but you are. So we always talk about Taylor Swift. So there. Yeah, so <laughs> welcome in. Welcome in, Alex. This is plenty. The water's warm. Come on Bring in. Get everybody together, baby. Um, <laughs> So you uh, you just interviewed uh, Kamala Harris. You went up to uh, San Jose. Um, what's the headline? The headline is she's all in on abortion rights. Their big push is to try to target those suburban women that we talk about. They think this is the key to the election. Uh, she's doing a reproductive freedom tour all over the country. Uh, and uh, she is warning about a national abortion ban if Republicans take over and Donald Trump is in charge. And she's warning about what's gonna happen when you put what she says, a dictator, which is what he's saying he could be on day one, what that could mean for everybody. But you're seeing her being put out in a much more public and aggressive way than she was uh, previous to this, trying to focus on women and focus on young people. Well, we are gonna see how this plays out. Yeah, that's um, interesting. When is it on, Alex? Is it on uh, Friday night? On the issue is uh, around the state of California, including Friday night in Los Angeles on Fox 11 at 10.30. You got it. Look forward to seeing it. Good job getting that. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, All right. Alex. Let, let us know if you want us to come on and talk about Taylor Swift. Yeah, we're, we're experts on Taylor Swift. Trust us. <laughs> we got it. We know everything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we are going to take a break. All right. Uh, when we come back, Mark Zuckerberg in the hot seat, absolutely grilled during a Senate hearing and forced to make an apology. It seemed he didn't want to make, but the cameras were on him. You'll see what happened when we come back. Welcome back to TMZ Live, a heated morning on Capitol Hill uh, for Mark Zuckerberg and execs from several social media platforms where they were called out about the proliferation of sex exploitation of children uh, on social media platforms. Uh, and obviously Mark Zuckerberg has been on Capitol Hill several times where he has been called out to answer. He's been grilled. Yeah, for all sorts of things on Facebook and Instagram, all the meta platforms. Uh, but this one obviously is a very um, emotional issue for, for parents and senators are aware of that. So this one got a little, um, a little heated and there was a moment where Mark Zuckerberg actually ended up having to apologize um, here was how it all played out. You didn't that's take any true, action. Senator. You didn't fire anybody. You haven't that's compensated a single not, victim. Let me ask you said. this. Let me ask you this. There's families of victims here today. Have you apologized to the victims? I, Would I'm, you like to do so now? Well, They're here. You're on national television. Would you like now to apologize to the victims who have been harmed by your product? Show them the pictures. Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? I'm sorry, speaking to you all, knowing that I have to go through the things that your families have, have suffered, 
and this is why we invested so much and are going to continue doing industry leading efforts to uh, to make sure that no one has to go through the types of things that your families have had to suffer. Can I tell you what really just strikes me about this? It feels like he was When Holly is saying, Holly well, no, set, we are on national television. Right. No, uh, Senator Holly, you're in a congressional hearing. It's supposed to be conducted as a hearing, not a television show. But that, but that's the way he's doing it. I'm so glad you brought that up. I mean, the, the, the true sort of thing that we should be decrying is the grandstanding in the Senate where nothing actually happens, right? The laws aren't passed. They just like to grandstand and blame others for everything that's going going wrong. It's just, it was just a disgusting display. I'm actually disappointed, Mark Zuckerberg. I guess he had no choice. He had no choice. But to I give mean, he in really and stand was up. Into a corner. I thought he handled it, I guess, as well as he could have. Not to say that he's blameless. I think all the CEOs of the social media yeah, companies. Yeah, this have is a, lot a really, of to do. really important issue. It's that you know when Holly is acting like Dr. Phil. Would you like to stand up and talk to the? And, and you're on national television. I mean, it's it's. And, and you're right, Jason, to be, it's wow. one thing if they're actually, something of substance is going to happen and they're actually going to do something uh, that actually does help the victims other than, uh, you know, an apology on television. I'm, I'm sure they were pleased to get that, but that's not really why they were there. No. It's not about having Mark Zuckerberg or any of the other execs stand up and apologize. It's about what is actually being it's done. doing something. Right. But this is all showboating. This is Senator Holly's attempt to get reelected yeah. at some point. That's yeah. all this is. Let's not mistake it for anything else. Hi, this is Sylvia from Dallas. And the apology is nice, but the bigger picture is what happens after this. As a grandmother of a 12 and 13 year old, cyberbullying is real. And the things that are on Instagram, Facebook, and um, they're really important that we get control of that for for young young kids. Yeah. That's the point. It is and that's what needs issue. to be done. It's like, what is Congress gonna do now that the camera, the tel you're not on right. television anymore, are you gonna pass a law, do something? Uh, I doubt it. Yeah. That's, that's unfortunately what we usually see happen on Capitol Hill. They have their big moment, right? And then and then they do nothing. Move on. Uh, we are going to move on. Yes, uh, to someone else who was grilled. Uh, that would be Terry Hatcher. Uh, but I, I find uh, a fun grilling uh, with uh, Curtis Stone. She was on his show, uh, getting grilled with Curtis Stone. Curtis Stone is great too. But uh, and the topic was about dating. Terry Hatcher is actually on. Uh, turns out on some dating. Uh, uh, dating sites, and it did not go well for her. She got kicked off. How in the world would Terry Hatcher get kicked off of any dating this site? This is nuts. Um, <laughs> this is really nuts, but here's what she had to say. You know, I thought, I'm not, I'm gonna say to the universe that I am, I am open and vulnerable and I'm putting myself out there. That's what I thought my gesture of joining the Hinge app would be. Yeah. Um, and then they kicked me off. What do you mean they kicked uh, you off? Well, they thought I was pretending to be Terry Hatcher. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Um, yeah. And then they figured it out. I, I complained. I was like, can I have my money back? You kicked me off. And anyway, they, they apologized. And I, then I was like, eh, I'm sort of over it. Wait, so she didn't go back oh, on? She didn't go back on. She didn't go back on? Wait a second. Oh. Wait a second. <laughs> Well, listen, if, if you're thinking, why would Terry Hatcher even be on Hinge in the first place? Listen, a lot of people might be intimidated to go approach her in the supermarket or a bar, wherever she might be. And also now there's this been this turn. There's been this kind of cultural turn where 
average looking normal guys are skyrocketing right now. You see it with <laughs> Benny Blanco and Selena Gomez, Ethan Slater and Ariana Grande. We're kind of living in the average guy renaissance right now. It seems like all these former supermodels no are turning to hinge that, huh? and, and thinking, well, I'm so over these hunks in Hollywood. Where can I just find a regular dude? <laughs> Uh, I don't, oh I don't know if that came God. out the way you wanted it to, but. Hi, my name is Matthew Decker. I'm from Round Lake, New York, and I'm calling about Terry Hatcher. You know, I think it's really refreshing her honesty when it comes to dating apps. A lot of people my age don't even want to admit that they're on dating apps. And it really just goes to show that even though she's a sex symbol, it's still hard out here. Yeah. I'm just uh, thinking. I'm, sure. th I'm just thinking that if she were on and somebody says, "I'm unfamiliar with you," she would just say, "Check out a Seinfeld episode." Check out a Seinfeld. <laughs> By the way, I, I also don't understand. She's <laughs> yeah. She should just have that clip. Just up have there. the clip. Have the that's clip. All, up that's all you do. <laughs> it's really me, and I'm spectacular. Uh, we're gonna take a break. All right, when we come back, the FAA has cleared the 737 MAX 9 for flight again, but there are several former employees of Boeing who say, don't get on these planes. They say that they wouldn't put their own family members on these planes. We're gonna be joined by one of them when we come back to explain what they say is so perilous about this particular plane. And why he will not fly on that aircraft. The FAA says uh, that the Supermax 9, the Boeing Supermax 9, uh, is cleared for takeoff. With all the airlines, you know that the FAA had grounded those planes, that particular model, after the Alaska Airlines near disaster where- The door blew off. The door blew off in the middle of a flight. And, so, and by the way, don't forget that there were two crashes of this plane uh, where they yep. had the exact same problem. It wasn't grounded, second one crashed, and then they finally grounded it. And, Presumably corrected it. Right. So now that the planes are back in service, are they safe? Are they safe? There are former employees from Boeing who say absolutely not. Uh, some of them say they wouldn't put their own family members on one of these planes. Uh, and these are people who were in the factories where the planes were, uh, were being put together. So what is it that they saw and why do they feel that way? Um, and should you be uh, as concerned as they are? Uh, one of those former uh, employees is John Barnett. He was a quality manager at Boeing uh, and left, retired in 2017. Uh, but he was there as these planes were being manufactured. So joining us right now is John Barnett. Welcome to TMZ Live. Hi, John. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you. So why don't we start with you um, telling us what your concerns are. The FAA is saying that the plane is now safe to fly. Uh, what do you say? So I say, one, this is not a 737 problem. It's a Boeing problem. Um, and I know the FAA's gone in and they've done due diligence and inspections to assure that the door plugs of the 737 are, are installed properly and the fasteners are torqued properly. But my concern is, what's the rest of the airplane? What's the rest of the condition of the airplane? And the reason my concern for that is, back in 2012, Boeing started removing inspection operations off their jobs. So it left the mechanics to buy off their own work. And a lot of those inspections included verification that fasteners were torqued and that type of thing. So what we're seeing with the door plug blowout 
is what I've seen with the rest of the airplane as far as jobs not being completed properly, inspection of steps being removed, um, issues being ignored. Well, that is alarming. So you're not saying that it's specific to the 737. You're saying the 37, the 47, the 57, the 67, the 77, and the 87. Um, do you have the same concerns with them? So, no, I would cut you off there a little bit. I would say my concerns are with the 737 and the 787 because those programs have really embraced the theory that quality is overhead and non-value added. Um, so those two programs have really put a strong effort into removing quality from the process. So, John, wow. after the Alaska Airlines near disaster, the CEO of Boeing came out and uh, I believe the quote was he said, told employees we had a, a quality escape happen here and, and told employees this can never happen again. Have there been actual cultural changes that should make passengers feel better about the quality of the planes that Boeing is cranking out? I would say there was a definitely a, a cultural change, but not for the better. Um, when I saw Dave Calhoun step up and say, you know, quality is our top priority, it made my stomach turn. It's like, you know, quality hadn't been y'all's top priority for 20 years. All you've done is focused on getting rid of it, you know, and, and then he goes on to say, we're going to get to the root cause. And my put is the executives and the leadership need to look in the mirror first thing to find root cause. I'll share a real quick story. Um, when I first started working at Charleston, I was in charge with pushing back defects to our suppliers. And what that meant was I'd take a group of inspectors and actually go to the supplier and inspect their product before they sent it in. Well, I'd taken a team of four inspectors to Spirit Aerosystems to inspect the 41 section before they sent it to Charleston. And we found 300 defects. Some of them were significant that needed engineering um, intervention. Um, when I returned to Charleston, my senior manager told me that we had found too many defects and he was going to take the next trip. So the next trip he went on, he took two of my inspectors. And when they got back, they were given accolades for only finding 50 defects. So I pulled that inspector aside and I said, did Spirit really clean up their act that quick? That don't sound right. And she was mad. She said, no said the two inspectors were given two hours to inspect the whole 41 section and they were kicked off the airplane. She wow. said, we were just starting to identify defects when they kicked us off the airplane. Wow. Oh my God. Just to be clear, we're not talking about Spirit Airlines. We're talking about Spirit Aerosystems. Where they make parts that Boeing would use. Them. Right. right, right. Thank you, John. We appreciate you being John, with us. John, thank you. Great talking to you. Thank Been you. a fan for years. Well, thank, <laughs> thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, for their part, Boeing has said that they are addressing this and that they are making changes. Um, you certainly hope that that's true based on what people who've worked there in the past are saying. Yeah, but he's, so. I, I will say, I saw a documentary and they said when Boeing merged with McDonnell Douglas, yeah. that's when quality control took a back seat. Right. And I, that was at least I a documentary that... I want to say something sort of as a PSA, because I, I don't know that a lot of people realize this. When you're booking your flights, because everybody books on their phone now just through their apps... You can always see, there's a, always a little button you can hit where you can see what kind of plane it is that you're actually going to be flying on. So if you have concerns, you can certainly 
change of flight based That's on a that. Very good, useful point. Yeah. Okay, we're taking a break. All right, when we come back, Megan the Stallion, this war with Nicki Minaj has now gotten so personal, she's had to step up security at her mom's gravesite. Talk about a rat beef gone way out of control. If you want a sign that fans take these feuds between celebrities way too seriously, uh, this is it. We've been telling you about the feud between Nicki Minaj and Megan Thee Stallion. Um, you know, they've been going back and forth in song and on social media. Now it has gotten really out of control because uh, Megan Thee Stallion's mom passed away in 2019. Um, she's buried uh, in a cemetery in suburban Houston. But there are now concerns that people may be attacking her mother's gravesite. And there are concerns because the barbs are the ones who leaked the mom's grave's location and encouraged others to go and desecrate it. So this is getting really serious. Everyone knows how much Magna Stallion's mother has meant to her. She's been very vocal about it. Nicki Minaj felt that she attacked her family, and so Nicki took it a step further and attacked her mom. And now the gravesite uh, security and personnel actually contacted police, and they've actually increased security around the gravesite as an extra precaution so that no one can actually go to the grave and actually do but nobody's done things. it yet right correct no one has done it nobody's yet. done anything no. and we should say yes nikki in song said things about made references to meg's mom but she never said anything but about she didn't attacking she didn't grave. say no. you should go attack the grave the no. fans took that upon themselves which is just disgusting it is Latrell from Atlanta. You know, the Nicki Minaj and Megan Thee Stallion beef, I mean, it should just be competitive within the music, and please, I don't, it, 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 just, doesn't have, it doesn't have to get dangerous. It doesn't have to leave yeah. the music. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, uh, what else are you guys going to talk about? Hey, team, it's Malik Devante calling out of Washington, D.C., and it's really good to see Kim, Kanye, and North out as co-parenting, being healthy. You know, it's not always about them, it's about the child's sake and just still being able to be raised in a loving circumstance, even though parents are not together. So it's good to see go, great co-parenting going on and no drama from them. Yeah. You ever I, hear the phrase, easier said than done? Yeah. <laughs> uh, one more. Hi, my name is Janelle Vinoy in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I need instincts to stop playing with our emotions at this point. <laughs> Justin and the crew just need to go ahead and slide in an instinct song during his tour this summer, because if he don't, we all might riot. I just want to put that out there, how badly instinct needs to drop music ASAP. You know, he could, he could actually calm everybody down if on his tour, which, you know, sold out, uh, sold very, very well, quickly. Um, just have a set where he brings the guys out and they do like, I don't know, do like four songs together. See, here's the problem with Come everybody. And then they're gonna do another one and he's gonna say no. Right, and, and then they leave exactly. and they're like, oh, it's whole thing. Yeah. Uh, taking a break. All right, when we come back, uh, Justin and Haley Bieber doing their damnedest to put to rest any rumors about trouble in their marriage. And I think this is pretty strong evidence you will see from their date night when we come back. Seems like Justin Bieber uh, and Haley, uh, his wife, have uh, maybe heard all the online buzz about problems in their marriage. Because... Oh, by the way, we're not saying they exist. We're saying that's what people say because right, that's, that's always what people say. Exactly. Well, they had a little date night over the weekend and made sure to post lots of images 
from their date night. Uh, they went out in Beverly Hills to uh, a hot spot. They went to Funke, and yes, they were they're in love. Very affectionate. So let me just—they're even holding hands when they're walking. Well, Come on. For, for hands schmans. Here's what here's what uh, they're holding. Look at the lower third we've got there. The Chiron that says Bieber squash. squashes yeah. divorce. They have squash blossoms that are unbelievable. I wish I could find out. I know you can't get a reservation, but if you did get one, you'd really like the squash blossoms. Wow. We'll see you tomorrow. Just, Driving it in there. <laughs> Thanks.